Welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Stu McNally. Uh, Ryan, are our favorite tracks in danger of being dropped because money talks? Uh, quite possibly, the way some of the news is going, Steve. I think uh, quite interesting some of the news we've been hearing out this week, and uh, we'll see if some of that is going to bear out here. This is what happens when we have this much time in between, right, Steve? That's right. And uh, later, we'll take the opportunity to put on our Stefano Domenicali hats, and we will tell you our ideal F1 schedules. So let's jump into it. You know, some of the things I've been seeing, Steve, is these negotiations, right? And money talks, right? I see Saudi Arabia is throwing out a large number to be uh, pretty high up in the order next year for 2024. Domenicali talking about being more thoughtful about the way we jump around the continents to do this uh, do this thing we call F1. So, uh, you know, I just find it interesting that we are doing this during the week that people are sitting there and saying, it's really been three weeks since we've had an F1 race. Right. Uh, I mean, we're all foaming at the mouth for any kind of action. And uh, typically, the only thing you have left to dive into is, uh, you know, the chatter and the rumor mill. Um, but at the same time... You know, I, I think there's a lot of history tied into the sport, and I, I think Domenicali has this idea of sometimes history is more of an anchor tied around your neck, limiting the the change you can make and the speed that you can go at as as a, a company, which ultimately is what it is. But I, I'm more on the side of history is something that should be you know revered and protected. So you know, I'm I'm all for you know newer tracks and expansion but i i think there's some you know core history that we need to revisit every year and and you know some of the tracks like spa being bantied about as you know can't just stay on the schedule because it's on the schedule quote unquote you know that that makes me worried because it's a uh you know it's one of the crown jewel racetracks of the world not just of f1 right you know and that was some of the chatter we've been seeing is that uh you know, because you've been around for a hundred years doesn't mean you should be spending, you shouldn't be spending money to continue improving. And you know what, Steve, that sounds a lot like here's Ryan's American sports (laughs) analogy of the week. Uh, A lot like what we hear in the NFL, where you're like, you need to upgrade your stadium if you want to host a Super Bowl again, spend lots of money and we will give you a Super Bowl. And that's kind of what these are. They're mini Super Bowls, right? For a lot of the places. And also what I do respect about this, uh, what, what he's been saying about this at the very least is we can't be truly a global sport if we're not competing in more countries, right? And so I do appreciate that some of the expansion is looking at other countries, but it doesn't mean we should throw aside some of the history and some of the not not just historical tracks, but some of the good circuits on the actual schedule, right? Right. Um, and, you know, to the NFL analogy, obviously, you know, being Miamians and hosting a lot of Super Bowls, we, you know, we saw the 2006 Super Bowl rained. They freaked out about having rain during a Super Bowl and told them, you can't have another Super Bowl if you put up unless you put a roof on the stadium in some way, shape, or form to keep the VIPs dry. So Miami didn't get a Super Bowl for a while until they threw a couple hundred million dollars at the stadium. And there's uh, two things about that, Steve. One, that's an iconic halftime performance with Prince in the Rain, <laughs> so you're welcome, everyone, for getting that. But uh, Literal two, purple rain. Right. What I, what I don't like here, and I also don't want to see this happening in F1, is that I thought it was rather galling that they made the Miami folks – 
build a stadium that was rain resistant, but then held a Super Bowl in New York during February and prayed it didn't snow without a roof. So I just don't want that happening on the circuit where one place pays a lot of money or has certain clout and doesn't get held to similar standards as other tracks. Right. I mean, I, the the main point about this for me um, is, you know, for, for the people of Miami who had to pay for stadium renovations or the people of Minnesota um, in, in Minneapolis who, who had to pay for a stadium and so they could host a Super Bowl, it's not like those are the people attending the event that they get to pay for. You know, in, in the same way that if Saudi Arabia is going to throw $60 million at continuing to host a race at the expense of a place like uh, Spa or, or a place like Hungary where, you know, those tend to be some of the cheaper, more accessible tickets in Formula One, you're starting to seriously gatekeep the sport from the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the new races in the United States we've looked at it we've tried to see like hey how you know we're from the area we're from miami we we can go to this right no it's an arm and a leg to get general admission where you're not guaranteed a seat or sight lines to the track just to be out there in the miami sun and hear a race going on yeah full full disclosure i've been getting stalked by whoever sells tickets (laughs) uh down there saying hey we still have tickets but it's just it makes my wallet cry, you know, and uh, and I can I have a nice place to stay for free. Uh, that's just the cost of getting in the door. Imagine having to travel someplace like a lot of F1 fans do and also pay for tickets to have access to the whole weekend, right. especially says, for some of these new ones. Right. It says nothing about Las Vegas where some of the packages that are being dangled out there at twenty thousand dollars. It obscene, obscene amount of money. And I, I, I don't think. And it's not like the quote-unquote Las Vegas Grand Prix is necessarily put on the schedule for your average American, uh, you know, peripheral sports fan who has knowledge of F1 from Drive to Survive. Like, that's not necessarily an event put on for him or her. You know, call, call, call it what it is. This is a an event of corporate synergy that happens to have a race going on during it. Right. And all that to say that the red, white and blue flags F1 podcast first, uh, F1 race, uh, together will probably not come in the United States. Um, so we're, we're considering what we're going to do, and we'll definitely be hosting a live show from one of those uh, tracks. But just to let you know, it's just the way things are. The more they add these new tracks in certain places, the demand grows, and it just makes it even harder for folks to go to it, average F1 fans, and the ones locally who are you know excited that it's there. And so I, I do hope that... If we see expansion, it is done in a way that is smart and is done in a way that is not making it more of a spectacle and spectacles always make more money. How many people, you know, who are actually fans of the two teams in the Super Bowl get to watch the Super Bowl every year, right? That That's what I don't want F1 to become. Right. And, I, you know, this is one of those, as, as an F1 fan, you're now a victim of the sport's success, you know, uh, 
remember watching F1 growing up is like something nobody really talked about. It's you had to watch it on you know the Speed Channel if you had the Speed Channel. Sometimes, uh, you know, races were early in the morning, and you know, there there was no energy behind it in the U.S. And you know, a certain 2006 United States Grand Prix left a bad taste in everyone's mouth for you know for years that the the sport didn't come back here um but now you know you have this engagement across platforms uh social media wise you have obviously drive to survive has been this burgeoning source of energy uh you know watching people do um streaming of playing the f1 game there's a whole youtube creator environment for people just centered around the video game um but all that energy now just means you can charge whatever you want you know i i see people talk about how silverstone the the prices have tripled in in less than five years for what they used to pay for the most basic of packages and it's just becoming unattainable it, it was always a sport of you know millionaires racing for billionaires but there, there was still an accessibility about it if you wanted to consume it as a live sporting event. And that's that's kind of being neutered. Yeah, it's, you know, you can spend 15 bucks for that Mickey Mouse in your local store, but when you try to go see the mouse in his house, it costs a little bit of money, right? So, you know, I... I, I was going to just say the same thing, Steve. I realize we're advocating for making cheaper races for a sport of kings, if you will, uh, you know, with billionaires uh, running teams like Toto Wolf and millionaires touting $1,000 watches, $20,000 watches, $100,000 watches, and uh, exclusivity as it is, uh, and, and driving for car brands that the average person will never get to drive, like... Uh, Aston Martin and McLaren's, you know, those are the sponsors. And he goes, not a lot of people are going to be able to drive those on your every regular basis. However, no, yeah. where, where it's, where it's, uh, you know, a, a, a sentence that is completely typical when it comes to a Formula One driver was Charles Leclerc had his $250,000 Richard Meal watch stolen and he chased them down in his Ferrari Pista in the streets of Italy. Like that's that's a thing that happened just as as clear and or as as normal as like Giannis going to get chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. You right. Know, it's, uh, it's a different class altogether of you know money that you're talking about. Right. Charles is uh million dollar carjacking essentially <laughs> uh, is is just an, an annoyance for him um it would be life altering for other people so um yeah i i acknowledge that and i think that we can do better all of that is just that's one aspect of it what the other aspect of it is that the way that they're building these you know schedules going forward with tracks and getting tracks to compete and 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 be on the schedule is they're trying to also figure out ways to be in more places but also not tax the drivers we've heard quite a bit i know george russell has been vocal about this recently about like the drivers are <laughs> just not going to like tolerate an expansion of the the calendar like this uh without some thought and to 
their own safety and their own health, right? And right, so right. I think uh, as we grow uh, the sport, if you will, um, doing so smartly. But again, 25 races uh, is what's been pitched out there. And um, that's that's a growth. That's a, that's a growth already. Um, but as we mentioned, we're in a month down period. There's nothing wrong with sticking another race or two in this in this range here. I don't think that would kill anybody uh, on the schedule um, if right. we were to able to fill in some of the gaps. Right. And, uh, you so. know, there, there, there was a Chinese Grand Prix that was supposed to be kind of in this break um, that, you know, we still can't seem to clear all the hurdles there. Um yet you know you <laughs> i had to chuckle because you mentioned uh you know you didn't want the drivers getting too taxed i'm sure you mean physically because they all live in monaco purposely to not get taxed well they they do know how to avoid getting taxed so they will fight for however that is mentally and i guess fiscally but yeah we, we mentioned some of that some of these things that pop up on the schedule actually contribute to this i mean can't race in russia can't race in China. Can't race in certain places of the of the world around certain holidays. Uh, can't race in certain parts of the world around certain weather. Uh, so, all understandable and things we considered as we considered what is our ideal schedule, Steve. And you know, I I think that's one of the things where you know uh, we may not even be able to agree on how many races that should be. Right. Uh, right. So that's something that is always interesting to consider because I don't even know if we wanted to get down to like where preseason testing should be. You know what I mean? So it's just a, uh, an oddity of like the schedule. There's preseason testing is done one place. That's another place to consider in your calendar. It's just, there's a lot to consider when you actually put this together. We could probably boil down the things that we actually considered when we built our schedule. And there's a lot to consider and we understand how hard it is to do this. It's not just picking your favorite tracks and it's not just picking the most competitive. There's a lot that goes into this. Right. I mean, I just used a dartboard. I figured why not? <laughs> well, I, I'll start with as much as, as I mentioned, there is uh, political si situations. There are fiscal situations, as we talked about, spending money on the track and, and doing those things. Uh, what are some other things that you considered, Steve? Uh well, I had, you know, a, a philosophy uh, when I was looking at my schedule, uh, you know, just some key bullet points, um, you know, so, some North Stars to guide me. Uh, I, I looked at history. Uh, I looked at tracks that were purpose built for racing. I, I know what is, uh, you know, in vogue right now is to find a city or a country or a city in a country that has a ton of money and build a street course in that city um, because you kind of want like this downtown like they, they, they want to try to like replicate Monaco as much as they possibly can um, but I don't feel like that lends itself to great racing a lot of the time so I, I look at the purpose-built tracks I look at racing quality at you know, places, some places are, are good for different, you know, formulas of racing versus Formula One. Um, you know, I, I looked at fairness. You know, this is a world championship that we're, you know, competing for, or not, not we, but that is being competed for. So yeah, I think the world should be represented. Um, 
you know, while, while I do think I, I want purpose-built tracks, you know, as I mentioned, I do think there is some glamour that should be mixed in there somehow, like it's still a glamorous board. Um, but I personally try to keep politics just kind of like on the cusp of consideration, not, not as a true driving force. Some others for me, one specifically was religion. Uh, we'll get into that right off the top. Um, and, um, you know, my major thing for me was just making sense of the schedule. If we traveled more consistently to the places we should and it made sense, one, we could get to that zero emission by uh, 2030 that they F1's been touting. But also we probably would save a little bit of, of problems with the driver saying this is ridiculous the demands on us when you expand the roster like this or you expand the schedule you have us going all over hell's half acre to do races that we could have just arranged differently right so so uh i I do want to have you go first because i'm really interested to see what you put together uh but let me ask you uh how many races do you have I have 24, Ooh. keeping in line with okay. some of the desires to expand the lineup. So almost a full Dominicali. Not quite, but yeah, 24. Almost. Okay. Yes. Uh, do you have any stone-cold locks? Like, in, in your ideal situation, or like, no matter what, you never want these tracks dropped? I have a few. All right. Do you want to tell me them, or you just want to let me know when you get to them? I'm trying to decide. I'll let you know when I get to them. Okay. All right. Start us off. Where are we starting the year? We are starting in Jeddah. Okay. And it's because of religion, like I mentioned earlier. So they really, really spent a lot of money so they could be first, I think, right? There's a lot of money invested here. To, to so, be clear, money's not a religion, right? We're, we're... No, 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 okay. no. So that's the first and foremost. That's there. And the other side of this is that this of course avoids the problem of ramadan which is why we have such issues with middle eastern races early or races that are held largely in the muslim world early in the season because that does have some conflicts with ramadan and i want to be respectful to that um and so that's fine i will start with Jeddah to avoid that okay you like the racing there I think it's solid. It's solid to start the season. I mean, like, I think the first the first race should not have too many fireworks, but shouldn't be humdrum, right? I You're entering to the season. To me, it's, I hate to say it, like, it's not like NASCAR where it's the Daytona 500 and that's like the Super Bowl, if you will. It's more like we should exhibition this because we're still figuring out our cars. You know what I mean? It, uh, most NASCAR races, I feel like when you start the season, you have a good idea what your car is going to be like, you know? Um, I think F1's still figuring it out in the beginning. Some race, some, some are okay. Some are going to figure it out. There's still some uncertainties. So I would like to not have fireworky races, if you will. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Race two. Melbourne. So this is where we're going to not drastically depart from what it currently is. But it's the next few that really kind of drive me, right? Um, this is where I'm trying to avoid this lull. 
So three, four, five go Singapore, Shanghai, and Japan. Okay. So that gives us a, an Asian triple stack, uh, if you will, partially with that uh, Australian one. And this is something that uh, Dominicali was talking about as well, is that possibly triple stacking this area. This keeps us in one region of the world and makes it a lot easier, right? Yeah, and I, I love having Japan early because you know, we want to get it out of monsoon season. Kind of the same thing with Singapore where it's like, you know, if you have it at that time of year, you could have a washout. We did not have a good Japanese Grand Prix uh, last year. Um, plus, you get a little bit closer to, you know, may maybe you don't hit it exactly, but you get it closer to cherry blossom season or at least springtime in Japan where it's nicer. So I I'm on board with you so far. And I like Japan. That's one of the ones I think I'd like to see stay. That's one of my, my favorites, right? That's a lot. Um, that's a lock. I hate to say this. My next race, Miami, is the least locky of the group. And that's my home. It's just they've been so boring. And I'm so disappointed that my home race, a track, one I would love to go down and see, see a race in person, has been rather boring. Um, and uh, a lot so of untapped far, potential. You know, right. And so a, they did a crappy yeah. job with the track surface. You know, it, it, it's got all of those like Miami trappings of everything's a facade. And then once you look a little bit closer, oh, man, this whole thing was built on sand. <laughs> There's probably a reason why Miami is so early. I know it avoids being super hot. Um, and I know maybe it's. It avoids football season, obviously, right? There's a lot of things. that That's one of the oddities there. You're going to build a, one around a football stadium. We can't do it uh, anywhere near the fall where it might be nicer weather um, because you've got to compete with the Miami Dolphins, right? So uh, it is where it is, and that's fine. So we go to Japan to Miami, right? That's what we've been doing anyway. We've been going from that from that you know, Australia essentially area race to Miami anyway. Um, I would then move up Montreal. I don't care what they've said. I saw things that Montreal, they've been trying to move them out of June and they said, uh, what's no in French? It's probably no. Um, but <laughs> this is uh, one of the things where I'm like, in my ideal schedule, if we're going to have Montreal this close, why go to Europe and to Montreal and then back to Europe? Why not just take care of Montreal early and not that far removed from June? This is probably still maybe tad, maybe a month difference from where they normally are. And well, I'll, I'll tell you this the, you know, you have Montreal as the seventh race of the season. The seventh race of the season this year is Monaco, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Right. Now, in fairness, what I'm doing here is some of these races are going to fill the gaps. So, I think we will have nine races in my calendar by that same weekend because I have Imola at eight and then Monaco at nine. And on my calendar, I, not that I have this hard and fast, but my goal was to have Monaco in the same weekend that it always is. Gotcha. So what we're essentially doing is packing two races into the down weeks in the early part of the schedule because we're being smarter about how we plan them. Sure. Make sense? Yes. So I don't want to say Monaco's a lock because I also hate the racing there, but it's gorgeous. 
It's a cool race to watch. Um, I'd like to watch it one day in person and be bored by the racing. <laughs> but um, I I feel like this is the thing. One of the quirks here that we didn't quite get into is that I feel like we've talked about this in the past. Do you have tracks that are aligned with the drivers on the circuit, right? Do you want to expand to that when that happens, when you have that expansion? And so it feels a little bit weird not to have Monaco as long as we have Charles, right? I mean, it's it's a natural concept to think about. Certainly, there's a there's a Dutch Grand Prix that I feel like is only on the schedule for one reason. Um, <laughs> I, I've I, considered I, that. I, I, I will have a, a little bit of a spoiler alert peek here at, at my list. Uh, you're considering, you know, drivers tied into home races. I consider teams. Fair enough. Okay. So, uh, Monaco at nine. What do you have at ten? Barcelona. Okay. We're already in our European swing here, right? Right. Um, we're going to spend all our time in Europe for the center part of this. Um, I go to Spielberg after this, so Austria. Halfway through the season, we're at Silverstone. We go to Budapest in the race 13. Okay. My must, my absolute must, we go to Spa at 14. I can't believe that we're considering (laughs) that Spa may not be on the the schedule next year because of stupid money things. But Spa is an excellent track, and I'd hate to see us lose Spa. Agree. Now, do you take a, a month break here? Do you take the the season summer break at this point? I would say yes if we can do it. I didn't go this deep into my scheduling. I just know that I pack more races into the front part. So, like, for instance, I think my my growth in my schedule fills in this month gap that we have now. So we can still take the summer break. And I'm okay with a summer break halfway through the damn season. I don't like a month break three, four races into the season. So I would still keep the summer break. And I think that's kind of a trade-off with the drivers. We're going to pack a little bit more in the early part, but we're still going to give you your summer break. Gotcha. So come back so, from the summer break. Where do we go? The land of the Verstappens. Um, we go to Netherlands. We go to Zandvoort. Um, after that, we go to Manza. I did want to point out that, um, you know, uh, Max, if, if Max wants to complain about the Dutch Grand Prix ever get taken away, <clears throat> maybe by me, um, <laughs> he was born in Belgium, so he'll still have the Belgian Grand Prix for a home race. Just, just, yeah. that That's fair. I like that. He goes, that then I, I might be able to jettison the Netherlands for another race uh, in the favor of expansion. We go to Monza after that, as I mentioned, and then we do our little Middle Eastern trip now that we're past Ramadan. So uh, we go to Baku, Bahrain, and then Lusail in Qatar. That will be 17, 18, 19. Bahrain and Qatar are already night races. So I, I think, you know, th- this this is a little bit, you know, later in the year. You know, this might be September-ish, so it might not be too bad. But Baku... You know, that, that's our next race in real life here in April. Uh, mm-hmm. They are not set up for nighttime racing. Uh, are you keeping them as a daytime race or it might be a little bit temperate for them? In an ideal world, Baku has to earn its spot. 
So spend the money on some damn fucking lights. Sorry, I shouldn't curse. But um, <laughs> the the no, I I mean in this instance, I'm like I think it makes more sense for you to be there, for you to make more sense in our schedule. You need to be flexible. Uh, yeah, I goes. I worry about the heat, but I mean I do feel like we still get into situations where we have some bad track conditions based off of heat that impacts the races. It's just a part of the sport. So if Baku ends up being that because they're not a night capable race. Uh, in my less than ideal world, then I'm still okay there. We can even shuffle it around. I'm okay with that. I don't think it makes a huge difference uh, because of where we all are. If we need to shuffle them back a few weeks to save us some temperature, I'm okay with that. I don't know if it'll make a drastic difference, but I think there's no necessarily rhyme or reason for me about Baku, Bahrain, or or Qatar um, as far as where they fall. I just want them to fall there in the schedule. So you have five left after Qatar. I do. This is where we take a little trip over to the Americas, right? So we will go to Coda. We will go to Mexico. We will then go to Vegas. And I'm really hoping I'm not regretting this. I'm hoping the Vegas race is solid because we still haven't seen a race in Vegas yet. I mean, it looks like a terrible track, but hey. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's going to be, be terrible, <laughs> terrible racing. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, Brazil. I assume you mean Sao Paulo. Where, where the race is currently held. Correct, yes. Be, because the, we, we did that have, have that kerfuffle. They were going to build a, a street course in Rio, I think, um, and we were going to lose Interlagos, and I was freaking out. So I assume you mean uh, you know, the place that Senna made home. I would say it has to be. I know what they want because it's Rio, and it looked lovely in a street uh, circuit. But, no, Interlagos is probably one of my locks, right? If, you know, we're talking about a few locks here. I think we need to stay there. That's a hell of a race, right? I, I enjoy that race. So I just hate that it happens sometimes at the point in the season where it doesn't matter, you know, especially lately. Um, so, um, Well, we did have I, that absolute classic in, in 2021 uh, amidst the Max and Lewis battle. Uh, true. Had, had the sprint race where charged through the field and then – did the same thing in the race and had, you know, some really, 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 really uh, aggressive racing between the two of them. So I think that was, you know, an all-time instant classic. And this is where it's a tad weird, but I guess we can do it. Um, I'm not against finishing in Yas for the for my last race. So we go to Abu Dhabi for the last race, and that's my twenty-four. I didn't want to change too much from what we're doing uh, currently or what we're seeing from F1. I just wanted to make it a little better. Gotcha. So I have your locks as Suzuka in Japan, Spa in Belgium, and uh, Interlagos in Brazil. Yes. Great. So I took a couple hand grenades, and I just chucked them in, and I blew the (laughs) whole thing up. Fair enough. I like Um, it. I, I took some risks. Because, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, this will never happen. Nobody will ever hear this. Um, <laughs> I had four locks. And I could have easily made it six. But I, I went with just four no matter what. I need to see them. Uh, we share three of them. <laughs> because you had three. I had Spa, Suzuka, and Sao Paulo, uh, Interlagos. Uh, my fourth lock was Silverstone for the okay. British Grand Prix. Like I, it's, it's, a great, it's a great track. Great track, but a, but a phenomenal atmosphere. Also, mm-hmm. that's what all four of these really have. I mean, I, Spa. 
I think there's some better tracks out there like Austria. Austria has kind of a better atmosphere than Spa, but atmosphere in the sense of just racing through the forest in this monster of a track that, you know, you can take Monaco plus uh, Qatar together and it's like as long as Spa. Those are my four locks. So, I, I have a list of tracks that I didn't use that could be an entirely different schedule of 22, 23 races. But I, I had to, I had to go with 22, but, but it is, it is 22 with asterisk and we'll get to that. Um, but we will start off in Australia because I feel like the season has to start off in Australia. I think it's just, that's one of those history type things that, you know, I'd like to go with like Austria opens the season. Um, it did it before COVID, you know, we, we were so close to having the racing start there in the first place in 2020, and, and it just came days away um, to uh, having it being canceled. And then we had to start in Bahrain so we could have a season. And then the momentum kept going with that. Now they have preseason testing there. Um, they can keep the testing, but I think the season should start in Australia. I like it. It yep. goes, you know... Uh, when Danny gets back on the circuit, it's nice. And then, you know, we got Piastri as well. So Yep. And I think, you know, it's, it's good atmosphere. Always draws a big crowd. Um, you know, it's it's a racing people down there. Uh, I feel like it's in their blood. It's in their culture. Um, so, Australia. Race two, we go from down under to the land of the rising sun. And I, I kind of time this a little bit more um, directly with cherry blossom season i think it's just gonna be a phenomenal uh you know integration of a high japanese culture time with this race that has extremely passionate fans uh so japanese grand prix week two or, or race two uh will go from japan to china i i feel like the the shanghai circuit is a really good racetrack uh, it always provides good racing. Um, for those of you who may not know, most of these modern tracks have been designed and or redesigned by Herman Tilke. And some of them have not been uh, the greatest. Um, but, you know, I I have a handful of his on here. And they provide good racing. And, and Shanghai is definitely one of them. Uh, we go from Shanghai to Singapore race four I think it's a great race any any racing underneath the lights is great um, and week five is my first like big change to the schedule I am bringing back the Malaysian Grand Prix and we're going to Sepang I don't hate it I, I, I thought about it I was just I was overloaded with Asian options and I chose the ones I did yeah. I left a few other options off but I do like that choice I, I had other Asian options. I had Korea. I had Vietnam, the street circuit we never got a chance to go to. I had Bood in India um, as options. But I just, uh, I, I remember some of the races at Malaysia just being great. It's another Herman Telka track, but it's a it's a good one that's got some flow to it, some good overtaking opportunities. Um, so Malaysia, it's back. Race five. Um then we do kind of a Middle East swing. Um, I took no consideration when it came to uh, politics or religion or 
necessarily even seasons. <laughs> so the, <laughs> this is just how it flowed for me. But we go from Malaysia to Bahrain. I think uh, you know it's a secure circuit, fantastic circuit. Uh, we've had good races there the last couple of years, and yeah, we've started off the season with it. Uh, I I don't think it has to start the season, but I think it's a good uh, track that should remain. I think uh, I'd miss it if it was gone. And then for seventh race of the year, it's the next really weird change that I have. I have the Arabian Grand Prix, the newly uh, implemented, crowned Arabian Grand Prix, and this will be a rotating race. Okay. We will rotate between the Jeddah Cornish Circuit and the Yasmarina Circuit. You'll have it on and off. I'm I'm not going to have both in the same year in this calendar. Um... I feel like the racing is a little bit better at Jetta, but I it's still kind of okay. Yas Marina, they've gone through some changes and it's it, it's there. Like both of them are, are there kind of serving the, the same purpose and that's just to be this uh really super glamorous event for unattainable wealth. Um <laughs> so you you can have, you know, one a year in that sense. So the Arabian GP um, and then we'll, you know, switch back and forth year to year. Um, race eight, bring somebody else back. We're bringing back the South African Grand Prix. We're going to Kailami, which is something that might actually happen in real life. But this goes yep. back to my, you know, fairness and representation point to where it is a world championship and we've excluded an entire continent for you know, far too long. Uh, and this is currently the, you know, best well-equipped track to host an F1 event. Um, so we're, we're going back to South Africa. Yeah. And uh, to kind of talk about some of our news earlier, that's some of what's in the news. Vietnam was leaning heavy. And right now, if they do go to another, the race that is open is if it's Spa versus Kailami. And so that's the case he goes it's it's south africa or, or and we lose spa or we don't get that south african race possibly uh coming back which would be a shame as well but we do get to keep spa i'd hate to see the spa leave but um you know i can understand expanding to another continent right yeah i mean spa still my luck like as long as i'm in charge it's not going anywhere i might have two races there just to spite them <laughs> um so we go from South Africa to our European swing. Uh, first, we go to Spielberg to the Red Bull ring for the Australian Grand Prix. And uh, I like the racing there. I think the you know atmosphere can be electric, maybe a little bit too orange at times, but electric nonetheless. Um, but it does represent the home for you know, Red Bull in some sense, that is their home race. I feel like, you know, definitely needs to stay on the schedule for, you know, five or six reasons. So they're in there. Four cars on the circuit call that area home. So, well, I mean, Alpha Tauri, technically Italian based team. Technically. uh, Technically. uh, I mean, 
Red Bull have a lot of home base in you know the UK as well. But you know if you're looking at kind of uh, the the nationality of your team, it is Austrian for Red Bull Racing. I just don't think the Italians would cheer for AlphaTauri if they won another race. I've just they might, but yeah, I yeah, yeah I get well, your point. I, at, at the same time, the last Italian team to win a race in Italy was AlphaTauri, so they're going to have to <laughs> not be beggars. You're right, because beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. So we go from Austria, and I'm bringing back another classic. We're reinstating the German Grand Prix. Okay. Uh, I, you know, that, that was a, a kind of another casualty. I think it's sad. I think, you know, uh, tons of German history as far as racing. Uh, I think, you know, as the home for Mercedes, that should have some representation there also. Um, but I had to choose where the race was going to be. And I've decided again to not choose. <laughs> Um, We are going to rotate the German Grand Prix every year between two tracks. Uh, Hockenheim has been one of the most raced uh, circuits for the German Grand Prix. And, you know, I think it's great. I love the old layout a lot. The the long, uh, you know, trek through the forest, uh, you know, brings me back to those like early 2000s F1 games I played. Um, but we're going to rotate between Hockenheim and the Nürburgring Grand Prix circuit, which we last raced at in the 2020 season as a fill-in race. But uh, another great track. So we will have a German Grand Prix every year. We'll just rotate between two tracks. And it'll make Toto happy. But also, that's some of the talks here is that, are we going to race in Germany? You're seeing all these races being talked about, but... Germany is not being added back. It's not in the conversations, really. So it's a shame. It doesn't look like Germany's coming back here soon, but it's some great racing there, and I I like that you included them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Next, we go to race 11, and we go to Monza for the Italian Grand Prix, and I... I want to lock in Monza. I just, I, I just left myself to doing four locks, and Monza would be my fifth lock. Uh, it is probably the most historic track as far as you know length of time being raced there. The, the Italian Grand Prix itself is like the uh, like second or third oldest. There's been more races at Monza than any other track. Um, you know the Ferrari home race, the atmosphere from the Tifosi. Uh, Monza's locked in. Um, and then we go from Monza to Belgium, to Spa. And, um, you know, that that kind of, you know, four-race uh, European track, I feel like you can do that in... You can do that in four weeks. Like, if you want to put in one rest week in there, fine. But I feel like you can, you know... You, there's definitely a triple header in there, if not a quadruple header. Yeah, you're you go, you're traveling a lot of which in your home base too. Most of these teams are housed in those areas, and so yeah. he, he goes. I just feel like uh, that's got to be one of the easier parts of the schedule. So yeah, if you want to throw an extra week in there, I'm fine. But I I, I don't disagree with you either about you know get that done. Uh, race a week, we're good. Yeah. Um. So after Belgium, we will be taking our month-long 
season break. However, in the middle of our month-long season break, we're going to hold a special event. We are going to hold an all-star race. Ah, so you're bringing in some NASCAR into F1. I I am not necessarily going outside of Formula One, but it is open to former race winners who have retired. Okay. Uh, we are going to have this all-star race in Monaco. Okay. Because I don't have the Monaco GP on my list. Uh. Fair enough. So it's kind of a bone thrown. Well, yeah, like like Monaco needs to be incorporated in the sport somehow. The sport has outgrown the track. The cars are too big. The racetrack is too small. Like if you if you look at all the qualifications that the FIA needs to have a track as far as the width requirements, the length of the track requirements, Monaco doesn't meet any of them at all. Uh, Monaco has its own TV director, and their TV director is horrible. We miss there's <laughs> there's only three pieces of action during any race, and we miss it every time. We do, um, we do. And you know you have to pray for rain for it to be a good race, and if you have to, you know, ask the gods for changeable weather conditions, you're not a good race. Like I love the history. I, I love you know so much about it but it is not applicable to this area of uh, this era of formula one in the same way we're going to go all-star race uh obviously we're not going to be using f1 cars because you know uh, they don't work on the track we'll have the same layout but we're going to go with porsche gt cars you know we're essentially going to use some like uh race spec road cars but all the same cars. This is going to go down to driver skill only. They'll have a qualifying session and then we'll do like a, a 35, 40 lap race. We can bring in past race winners. We can have Nico versus Lewis again. Everybody lives there in Monaco. All they have to do is come down out of their apartments and hop into a car. Like this is not anything that's going to add on to, you know, uh, uh, mental or physical stress for them. Plus we'll have a super hefty uh you know winner's purse like it's monaco and they'll have all the sponsors there you'll still have all the same glitz and glamour and monies that you would for the monaco grand prix it just won't have to be follow the leader for two hours it'll be interesting though given the way some drivers are would they bypass the all-star race and would that hurt the all-star race ultimately by bypassing the all-star race is a 20 position grid penalty for the next race that's it you have to you have no you're just here so you don't get fined hey i i I understand that's fine you can you don't have to race hard but you got to show up that's fair but you know we've seen them in sport races where there's only a couple of handful of points on the line race car drivers race put them in a fast car put them next to somebody else in a fast car it's just instinct it'll take over so we go from our summer break we head back east a little bit. We go to Baku for race 13. We go from Baku, bringing back another banger, reinstating the Turkish Grand Prix, and we're going to Istanbul. Okay. Love the track. Uh, we've had a couple of shots out of the last couple of years. Been hampered by rain, uh, unfortunately. 
Uh, I feel like the the racing on the track has still kind of been serviceable, um, but the racing could be better, like on, under better conditions. Um, you know, I I think it's it's a phenomenal track. You've got that unbelievable turn eight with like that four apex wrapping around turn eight that you know we've been dying to see like this area of formula one cars do it because they could do it flat out didn't get a chance to see it because it rained both times that we had a chance to go there but i think we slot it back in there and we give it a spot on the calendar um i i think it's got you know really good potential definitely better than some of the other you know european tracks i'm leaving off the list uh and then we go from turkey and again, another wild card because I just like the sheer chaos. Uh, there used to be a European Grand Prix on the on the schedule. I'm bringing back the European Grand Prix in another rotating spot, and this is kind of where like the tracks that I feel like yeah they could stay yeah they couldn't. You want to be on the schedule? Join the rotation, and. Uh, in there, I, I have Barcelona in there. I have Portimao in Portugal. I have Zandvoort. Um, and I have Imola. I love Imola. I do. Uh, but I feel like Italian Grand Prix is always going to be Monza. should always be Monza. I think Imola is a good track. It's got a lot of history. Again, I feel like it has a little bit of the same issues that uh, you know Monaco has where the cars have started to outgrow it a little bit but it can be on the European Grand Prix rotation fair enough um, then I've got my other lock in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone uh, and then at 17 the 17th race of the year I'm reinstating the French Grand Prix uh, because like like I said you know British Grand Prix is is the home to essentially three teams between Aston Martin, McLaren, and Williams. Um, plus, most of the other teams have some kind of facility in the UK. So, you know, that that's, you know, a good home base race. You know, we have Alpine uh, as a team. Their home Grand Prix would be the French Grand Prix. But I'm not going to go for Le Castellet at Paul Ricard uh, like we've had because... The track is kind of an eyesore to look at. The racing hasn't been great. Um, I'm going to go with Le Mans. I'm going with a place with a ton of history. And I'm using their... Um, they have the Bugatti circuit, which is the same thing where you have the Nürburgring, this giant track, but there is a Grand Prix section of it. Uh, Le Mans has the same thing. It's the Bugatti circuit. And it's a purpose-built racetrack in Le Mans so you got a ton of history and have France represented have a home race for Alpine um, and I think the track would be good for racing it can't be any worse than, than Monaco or Hungary so why not <laughs> that's always a great reason to have a race yeah. can't, can't be worse than these other ones that we have right? yeah it can't be worse and, and that ends uh, the European season so I, I have completely offended a ton of people by binning off you know barcelona and and uh portugal and hungary and imola and 
Uh, Mugello, I really like Mugello as an Italian racetrack, um, but it ultimately didn't make my list as, as a uh, you know locked in position. So I, after uh, the French Grand Prix, we'll fly over. Figured why not keeping you know keep speaking the same language, so we go to Canada. Uh, so we go to the Canadian Grand Prix at Montreal. That's another track I really wanted to lock in because I really, really, really love uh, the circuit Gilles Villeneuve. I uh, think it's great racing. Um, happy to be there every year. Then we go to the United States Grand Prix at Austin. And then we go to our second... Well, I, actually, no. United States Grand Prix at Austin. I think Coda's great. Um, you know, now, now we can cross off Haas for having a home Grand Prix because... You know the other American team, um, and then I, I was really, really torn if I wanted to keep Mexico because I, I think the atmosphere was great, but I think the racing is is kind of terrible. Uh, I mean, this last Mexican Grand Prix, I, I think Max did a stint on medium tires for forty-seven laps, and his lap time only had like a, a half a second variance for 47 laps. He did 122 second lap times for an hour. Like the tire degradation is, is like non-existent there. Uh, you have like kind of like the fiddly stadium section, which kind of, you know, spaces out the cars again. And I just, I really want to have like Mexico on the schedule so I said, what am I going to do? North American Grand Prix. We have another, we, we have another rotating slot. <laughs> your, solutions, your solution to all things. Another My, rotator. It's the cause of and solution to all of Formula One's problems. Fair. So we have a North American Grand Prix. People think America has too many races with three. Fine. We'll make one of them rotating. So... Miami's in the rotation. I know it's later in the year, but the Dolphins aren't ever competitive anyway, so who cares? So bye week. Yeah, or or bye week. We can structure a bye week in there. I mean, what, are we going to mess up a Hurricanes game? That's eh, fine. Uh, Miami is in the rotation. Uh, Mexico City in the rotation. I think Indy goes in the rotation. I think F1 needs to go back at Indy in some way, shape, or form. I think, uh, you know, the ghosts of 2006 can kind of fade into the background. I think we're past that. I think the premier racing destination, uh, you know, essentially in the world, like like the world's famous, most famous track, uh, I think F1 should be there if they're going to be in America. And, uh, you know, it does solve a few problems. You get to try some things out without a long-term commitment. And with Miami, for instance, something like that late in the season, you can plan when it's on the rotator, hey, we can pick the week, if you will, that works, right? We can pick a week that works, yeah, knowing you, the schedule in advance. You get a lot of leeway for planning, if that's the case. And then we go from the newly minted North American Grand Prix to... Vegas, um, who knows if it's going to be good, but I think it's just too much spectacle to pass up. Uh, driving down the strip, doing it at night, people hanging out of hotel rooms watching. 
uh, just, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue for the city. I think, I don't know, if every race bankrupts, I think there would still be a one race calendar of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. And just <laughs> like, I, I think that's what it's going to be at this point. So, you know, I really struggled. I tried to find, you know, some American tracks that I thought would be great. I looked at, you know, Sonoma, where, you know, Indy and, and NASCAR goes to. Um, you know, I, I wanted California representation because, you know, such a big state, so populous. I thought, um, you know, maybe Laguna Seca. I just don't know if these F1 cars can handle the corkscrew. Um, it seems a bit extreme for the cars, but you know, you're not going to find a more historic track than Laguna Seca. Um, thought about road America and Milwaukee. Um, you know, Atlanta has a good racetrack. I thought, you know, maybe F1 goes back to Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think what, what America's missing is a purpose built racetrack near like a big metropolitan center. You know, Miami's a street course built in a parking lot. Vegas is going to be a street course. You have Coda, which is great, but, you know, it's kind of outside of Austin, which is already, you know, the third biggest city in its own state. You know, you don't have anything in in Jersey or you don't have anything closer to New York than Watkins Glen. That's still four hours away from the city. That's, like, not close. Um, and it's not like Silverstone is, is close to London in, in any sense or, you know, but, you know, uh, nothing outside of Chicago or nothing outside of, you know, uh, L.A., New York, those big metropolitan. You know, if you want to bring in American eyes and American money, you know, uh, they got to make a couple of stops of travel arrangements. So maybe that's something they can do in the future. But for my schedule... Um, last round, we end in Brazil, as is tradition. Uh, have those title-winning moments. You, you know, if it's Hamilton in, in 2008 was with the, uh, you know, is that Glock? Or, you know, 2012 with, you know, Vettel winning in the, in the last race by just two or three points against Fernando Alonso. Um, you know, the crowd is always electric. I think, uh, you know, ending it in Brazil is the way to go. Not bad. You know, and this is funny because we we talk about this. Nothing wrong with this. I mean, but it, what in reality is I've heard they want to add another race to the United States too, right? Four races in the United States. It's crazy, right? Uh, a rotator, like you suggested, would allow for expansion in the United States without adding another race to the actual schedule, right? Well, yeah, um, you got to see what works. You know, like Miami, they're on like a 10-year contract, but it didn't feel great after the first race. Right. Well, it, you know, and this is the thing. If they add another race, Steve, you know what they're going to do? It's going to be a street circuit. And so... Um, it's going to be what? They're going to do it in New York City? They're going to do it in Chicago? What are, what are they going to pick? Right? I mean, they, they looked at Jersey before for for a, you know, New York, quote-unquote, Grand Prix. Um, ultimately, that got scrapped. You know, you, Indy races in Long Beach on a street circuit, but that is extremely narrow. Um, you know, they're smaller cars they're dealing with. You'd have to make, you know, something that accommodates these larger cars. So... 
that being what it is, but we we've heard lots of rumors and you know, all those rumors that we had didn't necessarily come into these ideas of what our different uh, schedules look like. And even some curveballs could be thrown here as we go down the way here. But as far as schedules go, I mean, I I think we have just as good a shot at making ours work as the real one does, right? Yeah, you'd watch this, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's nice, I think. I goes, it might be a tad too many rotators, but I I do like the idea of rotating. Um, you you know that you'll get to see one here or there, and you know that when one cycles off, that it doesn't go away for however long until it comes back. You know it'll come back around, and that's kind of the nice thing about it. We we do it with bowl games, with the championship series for college football. Why yeah. can't we do it for uh, F one circuits? Yeah, we'll just McRib these tracks. You know, you need to take it away for people to want it. Right. Here's your shamrock shake. Um, it's only good this year, right? And so yeah. that'll that'll be fine. Like no, the, I, the Olympics yeah. are only good because they're every four years. Like if the Olympics were every year, they wouldn't be as, you know, majestic. Yeah, you may not think racing at Indy's all that fantastic year to year. Uh, but that wild card every three, four years might be fun. Yeah, I mean... It, you got to think about the anticipation, you know, just, oh man, I can't, like, Indy is just a year away. Oh, I- Indy's this year, can you believe it? And then, you know, you really kind of stab the event with adrenaline straight to the heart. Fair enough. Well, you can tell we're terribly, terribly tired of waiting for a race, and we still have more time to wait. Steve, yeah, and, and are, are, have we completely lost the plot? Do we not know what we're doing? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes, but like, tell us how close are we to hitting the mark? What would you like to see? Uh, where, where's your dream track that F1 is a considering that you think is great? Yeah, let us know. What are your locks? Where did we go wrong? Is there a favorite track we didn't mention that you're like, how did you fools miss this as putting it on yours? We'd love to hear it. But for this week, that does it for another edition of the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. I'm Stephen McNally. Uh, we will catch you again next week as we preview the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. We're racing next week, Steve? Oh. Oh boy. <laughs> See how this anticipation works, Ryan? <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. And I, I promise less lulls, right? Yes, less lulls. More lulls and less lulls. I like it. We'll see you next time across the line. <laughs>